A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Second Age Podcast, your guide to Tolkien's Middle-earth. I'm David. And I'm John. And in this special episode, new shit has come to light. Sure has. (laughs) John, the world is flooded with Amazon, Rings of Power news, uh, Lord of the Rings general news. So we've got a lot lot to break down today. And we also wanted, we had originally started to want to talk about the appendices in uh, this episode to give a little guide because we keep talking about the appendices what are they and the source and all that kind of stuff so we wanted to give folks a little bit of insight into those what do you want to get to first the hot news or the appendices discussion i think we got to talk to all of our lovely fans about the embracer group acquisition because i think that that's the biggest uh speculation pony that we can okay uh, take a look at okay Coming in hot, then. Okay, let's go. Uh, Why don't you explain what just happened? Well, so it seems that the Saul Zanes Group, which has owned the film rights and other entertainment rights to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit books uh, forever. They've owned it for, for like this entire time. They licensed it in order to make the Peter Jackson movies, but they more steward it than do things with it. They don't really make anything they just let other people make things they've sold this to the embracer group which if you're not a gamer if you're not into video games you probably don't even know who that is so question about the the Saul Zanes company was that the company that Tolkien sold the rights to himself back way back when I'm not sure if that's the specific company but I think so I know that they've had it for like decades now and uh, they really haven't done a lot for as long as they've owned it. They really sat on it for for quite a long time. I think they were involved in the animated films in the mid, in the late seventies. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that's the reason that the rights got sold in the first place is so that those could be made. Um, but then nothing really was done with them until the Peter Jackson trilogy. I think I think a lot of people thought that nothing could be done because it was just so impossible to bring it to screen. And then Peter Jackson proved them wrong. Right. Well, yeah, and it took a Herculean effort on Peter Jackson's part to be able to to make it. Just like a sort of at that at level of Star Wars, it wasn't possible until somebody had that vision and that force of will to um, see that creative vision through and, and establish whole new companies and whole new technologies to be able to tell that story. Oh yeah. 
Um, I have this vision of the Salt Saints company, not to not to bag on those guys or anything like that, but I could just imagine some old, like, uh, what was that? Get Shorty, right? Like this sort of uh, film production company that's sort of a B-rate, a few awards on the on the walls, but a lot of dusty files and and not a lot happening. But they're they hold this like massive, massive intellectual property that they just won't let go. Uh, and along comes the Embracer Group. Uh, I, they they must have the implicit, if not explicit, approval of the Tolkien estate. I <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go so far to say that. Um, I mean, you don't think the Tolkien mm. estate has been upset about not having the film rights forever. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't think that they're happy that it's not going right back to them. I mean, I think if the Tolkien estate could have their way, they'd just take it back and then, uh, you know, never have another film unless they are directly overseeing it. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So this is a pretty big uh, shakeup. I was reading a little bit about the Embracer Group uh, today, this morning. They're a huge company. Yeah. It's like the biggest company that you never heard of. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's funny because I only heard about them a few months ago because they've been making a ton of moves in the video game space. And I keep up on that news sometimes. Uh We don't really talk about that so much here. But they bought Crystal Dynamics, which if you're a gamer, they made like the recent Marvel Avengers game. Uh, They made the Tomb Raider games. Uh, they, They made Deus Ex. So they've been expanding in general. They've there's been this sort of acquisition war happening in gaming, where Microsoft is trying to buy up everybody, Sony's starting to buy up everybody, uh, Tencent, which is a Chinese company, is starting to buy a lot of people, and then Embracer is this uh, Nordic group just buying up random studios and trying to get bigger. So it's kind of crazy that they just decided to really expand and grab the whole Middle Earth IP. So I was, re- as I said, I was reading the Embracer Group Wikipedia article, and it's it's like they have like about ten different operating groups um, that all seem to have a, a pretty good degree of latitude to run their operations. Um, but yeah, they span a huge variety of of entertainment media, and I can't imagine that conversation because it no- there was nothing in the public sphere about this deal coming forward and then boom today and then if you look on their website today the embracer group there are six acquisition uh there are six uh press releases on their website from just today about acquisitions they've just made yeah i mean i think a lot of it is we we see a lot of this deals being secret right up until they're about ready to finalize because with stock prices you can get in a lot of trouble if you're an executive and you let slip that uh, you know you're buying this or you might buy this because that could be seen as manipulating the market. So a lot of people are just being really careful about that, and uh, especially with Embracer Group, they're so big. I, I know they're not a U.S. company, but if they were, they'd have to go through all these like antitrust things, uh, and and I'm not sure if they have to anyway. I'm not sure what the legal implications of that are, but. In, in reality, I mean, you have this huge conglomerate that spans video games, board games, and uh, even film and TV now owning this huge IP that's beloved and popular. And they, they've they said some things that I don't know if they make me excited or nervous. Yeah, they own uh, Dark Horse. Like, that's a huge comic company. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I'll read part of the, the press release. 
Um, other opportunities include exploring additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, Eowyn, and other characters from the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien, and continue to provide new opportunities for fans to explore this fictive world through merchandising and other experiences. That is a heck of a statement. Tune in for Vince Gilligan's Breaking Gollum. <laughs> Better call Gandalf. <laughs> Killing me here. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, that's funny. I can't think of anything funnier to add to it. <laughs> uh, but that they named Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, Eowyn, like Eowyn. That's cool. Like I'm down for Eowyn, right? But like that they named the that these are the ones that, the names that they picked out. I would like to see some of these if they are done well. I have no desire to see a Gollum standalone movie. <laughs> Do I really want to see Andy Serkis just crawling around for right. three hours? I, I I have no interest in that. <laughs> but uh, the other ones I could see, especially the AO one, like you said, is really interesting, especially post Lord of the Rings. Like, how does Rohan recover from the the end battle how how do they recover from losing their king having a, a line of succession uh, her and Faramir together how do we how do we deal with that I would love to see that um, I, I I very nervous for some of the other things Gandalf standalone I, I don't know about that do you think that they're going to go sort of the MCU Star Wars uh, IP world where we've got um the crossover between uh, standalone television series, well, not standalone, but television series and movies and, and moving back and forth in that way? Um, I don't think they can do TV, actually. I think they okay. can only do movies because Amazon has the TV rights. Interesting. Well, they could do a deal, though. Yeah. Yeah, we could see that. Um, it makes me a little bit nervous and a little bit hopeful. That's all I'm uh-huh. going to say about that. You know, it's, it could be really good and it could be really bad. It's all about the execution. And then this statement continued to provide new opportunities for fans to explore this fictive world. So to me, that's definitely video game um, um, language and merchandising, right? So we're going to see more swag and, you know, well, not swag, but, you know, um, merch and other experiences. That to me screams um, uh, amusement parks. So I heard a rumor uh-huh. that Universal was making a uh, Tolkien world, like Harry Potter world. I believe it. And I wonder if this has all been bubbling below the surface. Do you think that we'll have a uh, a roller coaster around uh, Mount Metal Tarma? Metal Tarma? Probably not. Maybe Mount Doom. <laughs> Mount Doom, Metal right Tarma up. is a little bit of a deep cut, but maybe it won't be by the end of the series. Mount Doom would be pretty dope, right? Like uh, going through yeah. some like lava caves and that kind of stuff, like make it a scary horror-themed uh, uh, roller coaster. You like it's like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. You you get orcs going next to you, going look like meat back on the menu, boys. <laughs> you know, you know that there are executives uh, in that world who are salivating over that concept. <laughs> you know what? They owe me money now because I made that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would go. I would go to Tolkien World. Oh. I I hate to say it. I would sell out and I would go. I just want to see it. I might not like it. But I've devoted enough of my life now to this franchise where I need to see it at least. Yeah, I could totally see the uh, the Harry Potter um, uh, world experience like that being something, which is, you know, that is going 
the moment that new stuff starts rolling out and that kind of stuff comes, it's going to be a a mega shift because for so long we haven't had anything like this. And it's going to cause a lot of uh, consternation among the fandom. I agree. And you're going to see a big split, I think, just the same way the Rings of Power did it. You know, people were Mm -hmm. some people were super excited like us. And some people are I am going to hate this before it even comes out. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So so and and to have the five season run of the Rings of Power on Amazon to break ground for all of that, you know, um, uh, kind of, you know, everything else can, you know, Embracer Group can fall into the slipstream here of Amazon rolling out Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. And they can really capitalize on opening up this this new IP. Yeah, I think that we are, for better or worse, we will have Rings of Power, um, Lord of the Rings content until we die. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just like we have Star Wars and MCU, I think it's I think it's going to um, take its place in that in that universe. Yeah, and that makes me worry too a little bit because you know you see the burnout in Star Wars and the MCU happening right now. I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, Endgame was the real ending of the MCU, and now it's a little off, and now it's trying to pick up the pieces. You see people with the new Star Wars trilogy being like, ah, I don't know about that. You know, the Book of Boba Fett did not do well on Disney+. Plus. So I'm just concerned of will we get oversaturation of the Tolkien market? Will we be taking too many creative licenses with canon to the point where it's not recognizable? Yeah, if you try to push out, um, same thing a little bit to a little bit degree with The Walking Dead, the more that you try to push content on on this very fast-paced scale, the less that you can control the quality. I mean, for me, a lot of the Star Wars television shows and, and some of the MCU shows have been disappointing because they've just been running very fast with them. And I don't feel like the stories are are well-constructed. And so, yeah, you can really harm yourself in, in that. I think, I mean, that was the change that we saw coming out of San Diego Comic-Con with the MCU stuff that they're ending this current phase and they're going to jumpstart the new phase because what was the last big movie, the the Incredibles or whatever, the the Eternals or something? Like, I, I don't even know. I, I was just like, meh, I'm bored of, of this. Um, and so, yeah, that is, a, I think you're right. That That is a real danger is that if you flood the the market with low quality product, you actually end up damaging yourself in the long run as to going with a less is more and putting out higher quality, really good stuff. Um, you know, then you can really build um, a fan base for the long, long haul. Are you listening to this DC universe? Are you listening? <laughs> Smackdown. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. DC what? Like, yeah, that's, that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my attitude. So, Okay, so the Embracer Group acquisition, big news. Keep an eye on it. We'll try to keep an eye on it, and uh, we'll uh, make notes uh, as we go along and definitely as Rings of Power rolls out for its five seasons. Um, What else do we want to talk about? Well, Amazon has been super uh, Twittery, tweeting. Oh, my Lord, yes, they have. Yeah, they've just been posting content after content, video after video, little interviews interspersed with clips that we haven't seen before. So 
they've confirmed a lot of stuff that that we've speculated on actually uh-huh. they've uh they've shown a lot of sides to characters that we hadn't seen before and so i feel like we should go through very briefly each one of these and just note a couple things from them okay that sounds good yeah the i i tried even to to record a bunch of these and sort of make a super cut and i was i got lost <laughs> in how many of these Twitter uh, teasers that uh, are actually out there. I'm like, which one did this one come from? And because they have been so effectively reusing what they had already put out, but they are interstitching little bits here and there of new stuff. And then I think even today, just before we hit record, there was the new Elrond uh, teaser just dropped. And like, that's all, almost all new content. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm so amazed that even right before we recorded they did something like like we almost missed that for this podcast <laughs> we did we almost did who knows what it's going to show who knows what's going to be in our feed when we uh when we come on oh and by the way shameless plug you can follow us um at the lorehounds on twitter and um we'll be tweeting along uh with the show and we've got uh posting uh, a few things here and there and our observations and, and links to our podcasts uh when they drop so all right shameless plug over um, all right, so what do we want to talk about first? Well, we have a bunch of videos called Stories of the Second Age that are a huge thing. Yeah, this is really interesting. So the first one, I'm going in reverse chronological order because when you scroll okay. down their Twitter, this is what you're going to find. Okay. So the first one that they just posted like 20 minutes before we hit record uh, was the Elrond video where they show Elrond and Doran sort of palling around. Uh, Elrond is arguing with Gilgalad because he won't tell him Doran's secret. Doran, remember, is that dwarf, the red-haired dwarf. Uh, which he's, he's the prince, right? Prince, yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, ain't no party like a Khazad-Dum party because a Khazad-Dum party don't stop. <laughs> hey And Elrond is... Uh, Bessie's with dwarves. That's what we've learned from this, which I have no recollection of that in the canon so let's see what they do i was uh really impressed that they showed us a dwarf party like they showed there's a scene of them walking through into this room where i think they're going to go break the stone and they're going to have like some sort of contest of of might and uh looks like they were (laughs) they were seriously throwing down Uh, that's what bilbo baggins hates haven't you heard no i don't get that joke okay it's in the hobbit don't worry about it okay it's it's for five fans all right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that looked, uh, it's a, a wild looking party. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing Casa Doom. We've been talking about that all season, about how it's going to be really cool to see this active kingdom when we've only seen the Mines of Moria. And uh, I keep getting more excited for it. The shots look gorgeous of the, um, of, uh, of the city. Uh, they just look absolutely incredible. And they call it a mine. A mine! <laughs> Yeah, there's a great shot in one of the teasers, one of the ones that they released this last week of Elrond walking into this room, turning around, and he's surrounded by all these dwarves who are uh, chugging uh, uh, beverages, and he's just looking like, uh, oh, shit, what if I just walked into? <laughs> yeah, that looks really cool. Um, the next video yeah. is Bronwyn, who we've talked about is mm. this... Uh, show creation woman who mm-hmm. now we know is from the Southlands in Middle-earth, which is an area that is very unexplored, both within the writings and within the films, other than we know that 
they were a little bit naughty in the first stage. At the end of the first stage, they sided with Morgoth and uh, fought for the side of evil. And so if you go back to our episode on, I think it was chapter one or two, where we talk about how the Valar sort of forsook the humans of Middle-earth, the men of Middle-earth, who had fought with Morgoth and then took the Numenorians and put them in this corner of the world where they could have a paradise and then just forgot about Middle-earth. We're seeing those people who were sort of left behind. Yeah, that's it's a really incredible um, uh, uh, reveal uh, because I think even in that, um, that uh, Tales of the uh, Second Age video, they have some cast interview stuff and they talk about how the elves are sort of occupying these lands and keeping an eye over what's going on here and setting up some of the conflict as it um, as it looks like orcs attack. Um, and that um, I think is going to I think with the, the Southlands using that because it's if it's very undocumented, that gives them a lot of open ground to be able to write story to. So here's my question about Arendir. Yeah. Is he from Lothlorien? Is he from Greenwood the Great, like the what becomes Mirkwood, where Thranduil is uh, is ruling, like we saw in the Hobbit movies, if you've suffered through that like me? Um, where is he from? Because that could have a lot of implications for what he's like, who he's answering to, and how awkward it is that he's in an elf-human relationship. Right. As a mildly occupying force as kind of like an over like he's an overwatch of this human community and then he uh, starts a relationship with one of the um, inhabitants of who he's supposed to be keeping an eye on sort of a subject yeah yeah so that's that's a lot more almost problematic than yeah. uh, than we thought because from what I thought from all the teasers was Arendir is just this random Sylvan elf who wandered into a man village one day and uh, found somebody he fell in love with. But now it seems like, no, no, he was he was the security. He was yeah. the guard and started hooking up with somebody living there. Yeah, fell in love with. So and then it looks like the uh, remind me the name of the young uh, the young boy character uh, who in the main teaser uh, was playing with the Morgul blade. Uh, that is Theo, which is Bronwyn's son, I think. Right. And so this is all happening in the Southlands. So we've got possibly Galadriel way up in the north at some old... Galadriel. We've gotten so many (laughs) pieces of feedback about that. Galadriel. Galadriel. Um, Silmarillion. I will watch myself. I promise I will mess up sometimes. Yeah. You have my apologies. I, I, I think Adriel. I think we're going to be the uh, common spoken. We're not going to be the exact uh, pronunciation spoken podcast. It's true. You know, it's not a bald move podcast unless somebody's mispronouncing something. That's right. Malapropriisms are part of the package with us. It's true. Um, anyway, she, so if she's up in the north and then we, we're going down the south, we've got a huge geographic and then all the way over to Numenor, we've got a huge geographic scope here. So what's going on in the south with orcs attacking and this village and uh, stuff? Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they play this out, because, as you said, this is not stuff that's written. So they have unbroken ground here to, to write their own story. Yeah, I'm not going to be super attached to canon with this. They've changed so many things so far that I'm just like, let's see if they tell me a good story. Yeah, right. 
All right, what's next on our um, agenda? Our Galadriel video is next. Uh, so Galadriel is going to Numenor. We know that. That's not right. canon. They're, they're just doing it. Um, and we've also had it confirmed that that's her brother that she's been mourning this whole time. You know, we've uh-huh. commented on that. Is it Finrod? It right. seems to be Finrod. Right. We've got this great on the... So this video is the... Um, what do they call it here? Uh, stories... This is another one of the stories of uh, Second Age, and this one's on mm-hmm. Numenor. And we definitely see Halbrand and um, Galadriel on the boat, on a boat coming into the harbor, and they look shipwrecked. So I'm, I'm thinking that this Numenor ship picked them up after this sea dragon attack or whatever. Mm. But how... Um, Halbrand and her came to be. And there was another short clip where they were teasing a possible relationship between uh, Galadriel and, and Halbrand. Ugh, and yeah, I do it. No, I hope it's just kind of like a buddy cop type of thing. I think some yeah. of some folks in our discord were also crossing their fingers that they're going to go in that direction. But we certainly have her and him hooked up and definitely interacting with the Numenorians. And we've got a Palantir involved, and we've got something going on with the trees involved, and we've got uh, Galadriel and, and Queen uh, Regent Muriel uh, uh, interacting. So there's some big stuff going down here. Yeah, um, it, a ton of stuff here. And uh, we know that Halbrand's not a Numenorean now, which is interesting because yes. we were saying he looks so Aragorny. You know, he's right. he's uh, he looks sort of like from that line, but he's not. It seems like he's and maybe he's from that southern kingdom, like we were. You know, just seeing with Bronwyn. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I, I have no idea where he's going to be because, like, how did he end end up on whatever boat that Galadriel was on? Galadriel was on when it was attacked by whatever sea creature it was attacked by. Like, so yeah, big questions, big open questions there. This is a fair wager of internet points. Oh, big time! Yep, yep. Um, so that's going to be uh, really fascinating to see how they play that out. Um, what else we got? Uh, we also have the no one stands alone video. I don't know what else to mm-hmm. call it. It's just, yeah. that's the caption. Um, the stranger is confirmed to look like an older man. It looks like, it looks like that's what he's going to look like. I don't know if he's a blue wizard or something else. I kind of feel like he's not just based on the vibe. He's, he seems very confused. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm definitely not down that the stranger is Sauron. Yeah, I think I've I've definitely come off that. They the 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 teasers have been misdirecting us for sure. They're trying to amp mm-hmm. up our our um, emotional reaction, but I I have a feeling that he's not going to be. But that's gosh, who knows? Yeah, and then the last video that I wanted to comment on is the "Come with Me to Middle Earth" video, which is uh-huh. I I think that's just showing that Gal- Galadriel. I almost did it again. Yeah, Galadriel has a. Uh, gone to Numenor to ask for help in Middle-earth. Yes. So it's not yes. like it's not like she's there for no reason. She's there to ask for help. So then my question is is did she go there after she had her adventures in the frozen north or did she it get help to, to yeah. go there? Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. But then here's the thing like it has to be timeline wise, but then she's made some weird comment to Elrond in one of the videos like, "Oh, I should be like frostbite and troll something." So what does that mean? Uh, right. I, I, I don't know. 
Well, this goes back to the multiple timeline theory, right? Like where mm-hmm. where are they going to be dropping us? Because elves are uh, so long lived, um, and we're telling a compressed storyline to begin with. We're talking thousands of years in the books, and so they've got to bring it down. But at the same time, they can't bring it down so short that it's like um, having jetpacks in Westeros when we had House of the Dr- <laughs> or, uh, uh, Game of Thrones, where characters were hopping back and forth between the North and the South like in an instant. So uh, I would hope that they learned that lesson because that was certainly a, a, a yeah. big uh, uh, fan reaction to uh, Game of Thrones. Here's another question for you. Where did Galadriel mean to go? Did she mean to go to Numenor or was she on her way further west to Valinor and to Tyrion where her uh, friends live, her other elvish friends, and then she got shipwrecked by Numenor and the Numenorians saved her? Because I could see that happening too. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Did she? Um, were, yeah. W- did, was she coming back from this uh, uh, Hoth ice mission uh, and going back? Because then they've also showed us uh, her on the boat on some boat where we've got some birds and some lights of the trees. So is that a completely different storyline? And then we've right. got her leading a charge of Numenorean cavalry. So when did that happen? And then we've got her in a nuclear blast zone. Um, and so when did that happen? Yeah, so we've got multiple mm-hmm. storylines for Galadriel here. Yep. I think it's going to be uh, pretty interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that Galadriel is going to be one of our – well, it ha- she's going to have to be. But I'm excited to be on this ride with her as she is pointing out this hidden danger and then trying to uh, bring attention to it. There's even one video where – Elrond says to her, oh, uh, commander of the armies of the north. So we've got some specific information about her title there. And then he's like, oh, you know, everything's cool. Don't worry about it. And she's like, nah, man, not everything is not cool. Um, so, yeah, really interested to see where they take her on that journey. And I'm I'm all in for that journey. Elrond's trying to be a wonderkind over here. And uh, Galadriel's like, no, 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 no. You have not been around long enough to give me orders, buddy boy. That's right. Um, There was one other detail I wanted to mention. I saw in, I don't remember what it was, but I think it was some kind of press interview where some... Somebody involved with the show mentioned that they're going to bring Kyrdon the Shipwright in for season two. Okay. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Remember, we talked about him in the Elf episode where uh-huh. he uh, is involved with the Grey Havens. He's sort of the guy who he really wanted to go out west. He really wanted to see the trees, but he didn't make it. And then uh, the Valar said, you know what? You can't come out, but you can send everybody on ships so you can help them get to the west, which is really kind of mean to him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Didn't you also uh, point out on our Discord something about Celebrimbor? Isn't that uh, Galadriel's uh, spouse? Uh, not Celebrimbor, but uh, oh, Celeborn. Celeborn. Sorry, I'm going to get hate mail for that one. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> hot takes at baldmove.com. No, um, uh, second age at baldmove.com. We'd be happy to uh, take your feedback. Um, so, yeah, so you said that you heard that he might be on a future season? Uh, I don't think I I don't think it's confirmed, but okay. it he has to be. I mean, Elrond marries Galadriel's daughter with Celeborn, so it's it's a little odd if they. First of all, it's odd in general because she has met Celeborn, I believe, by this point in the canon, and that makes sense because they'd be closer in age. Uh, her daughter and Elrond would be closer in age than in this timeline, but. Um, she's got to meet Celeborn soon. You know, right. she's got to meet him sometime in this. Uh, 
uh, timeline. They're the ones who move to Lothlorien and start to rule. So I don't know how they would write him out entirely. I hope that he's in there somehow. And I hope that we see more of him because we really don't see a lot of him in Lord of the Rings. We have, uh, I mean, they're they're giving us a lot, but they're also concealing a lot. And we have, um, I think season one is this um, place setter, right? Like we've got to set up and establish the dramatic stakes and we've got to start to learn to care for these characters. Um, and so we've got a lot of room for for more backstory of uh, Galadriel and and who she is and 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 how um, what her what her life uh, looks like. Right. Yeah, I'm excited to see all this. So, all right. So uh, stay tuned uh, to our Twitter feed at the Lorehounds. Um, watch the Rings of Power on Amazon feed because they're dropping a lot of content. Join us on the Bald Move Discord. You can go to baldmove.com and then you can get onto the the Discord feed that way or also in, in the show notes below. We're, um, we have a whole special channel set up just for Rings of Power. We have another separate channel for sort of Tolkien and, and Middle-earth in general. Um, John and I are there on a regular basis. I think, John, let's take a quick break and then let's come back and let's do a little breakdown on the appendices. Sounds great. And we're back. Okay, John, so we've been talking a lot in our pre-recorded background material, and, and this is also in, in general conversation, uh, about how Lord, or Amazon only has rights to the appendices to Lord of the Rings, not the Silmarillion, not to uh, Unfinished Tales or anything else, just the appendices. Yeah, and anything else included in, in Lord of the Rings. So like any right, songs... Yes. Uh, but but they can't go. You're right into these extended works. So I remember as a kid reading the the books, and then I you know getting to the finish, and then going, ah, what's all this like you know Old Testament who <laughs> begat whom kind of stuff at the back, and then I just never I never read them. I was never interested in them, you know, because I wanted you know uh, swords and magic and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yet here they are. They're a massive font of information uh, for the Middle Earth, for those you know who are really invested in, in Middle Earth. Absolutely, and if they weren't there, we wouldn't get the show, probably. So, very true. Let's uh, be thankful for that. So we've got what uh, the the appendices are uh, lettered A through F. So mm-hmm. we've got six of them. Do you want to break down a little bit of what's in each of them? I, I think the the value add here for us would be to direct people to what is maybe some of the source material that's coming out of them, but then also like if you're interested, like which ones you can skip and which ones would be kind of interesting to dig into. Yeah, so I'm just going to say where there is Second Age content that's relevant to this show. Okay. Uh, so in Appendix A... Uh-huh. Uh, Appendix A1 and 3 have relevant content. So Appendix A1 has the narrative of Feanor and the Silmarils, which we discussed in Chapter Uh 3, which leads into the founding of Numenor, which we discussed in Chapters 1 and 2. It also has the fall of Numenor and the realms in exile. So it has a ton of content that we've covered here. Uh, You can read it. It's not very long. 
um, and, it, and it has a lot of it in sort of pseudo-narrative, pseudo-historical uh, writing. Right, so easy to read, so not, not impenetrable. Right. Okay, cool. All right, so that's Appendix A, uh, A1, and A3, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. We should be in a law class here, like Con Law 101. Yeah, are, are we doing MLA citations, or are we uh, Chicago-style? <laughs> I thought the Tolkien Society has its own uh, uh, citation style. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, it's I, called, I, you're not allowed to make this movie go home. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, Appendix B. All right, Appendix B. It begins with a brief narrative of the elves at the beginning of the Second Age, and then it provides a timeline for the major events of the Second Age. And that's only like a page or two. So if you want to just skim that, that's uh-huh. that's pretty good. Okay. Um, and the only other one that really has relevant content at all is Appendix F has sort of language details and, and pronunciation, things like that. Um, how to approach those within Tolkien. So you can look at that if you want. It's pretty deep in there. It's pretty if you're if you're really desperate for more, read it, or if you're really into language, read it. But the big ones are Appendix A and B have the important details from the second age. Okay, cool. It looks like Appendix C is uh is the <laughs> Hobbit family trees. Um D is the Shire calendar and E is uh stuff about language. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I would just read the parts of Appendix A and B that I talked about. If, uh, if you want to hear this story the way that they have the rights to it, the, it, it's pretty detailed. So, so they can go into a decent amount of detail. And also, I just wanted to highlight a couple of things from the Fellowship of the Ring, like in the narrative that talk about this stuff. Right. Yeah, because there's actually embedded information in the three core books, which they have right. full access to. Right. You'll hear Aragorn and other characters sort of mention Numenor, mention Westerness is what he calls it a lot, because that's okay. sort of the common tongue version of it. Um, but in, in the chapter, Many Meetings in the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, Bilbo recites a whole song with Arendil's Journey to the West, which is how Numenor was founded. We talked about that in chapter one. Uh-huh. And then in the Council of Elrond, Elrond has this whole huge exposition, because that whole chapter is an exposition dump. They really shortened it for the movies. Um, but there's a whole huge expedition on Numenor, the Forging of the Rings, the Last Alliance, and the fate of the Numenorians after Isildur's fall. So that's it, like a huge expedi- exposition dump where they can pull from that. Awesome. Okay. that's um, it, It's surprisingly small amount of information that is available to them but yet it's a huge amount of information in and of itself so that like just you take a slice of the Tolkien cake it's dense it's rich it's moist I'm going to run this metaphor into the ground um, and I'm going to mix them as at the same time I'm going to throw my cake on the ground here um, but that's just goes to the density of of what Tolkien wrote and the completeness of his world and um, and the depth of uh, information so that they could take a five-season story out of just these few slices of the cake. You know, Tolkien used to wake up, make his coffee, and then write about six wars before he had his breakfast. <laughs> it's just incredible. And he'd do it in like a sentence. He'd be like, oh, yeah, and this per- these people were wiped out and—, and- these people fell to the darkness, and then these these people came back. It, it, it's just amazing how much material he packed into like a few sentences. And then Christopher came along and made sense of it all. Right. 
mostly. So good. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to cover in this uh, topic? I think let's just mention briefly when the show is coming out now because they've updated us on that. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you have that information at your fingertips? Yeah, so on September 1st at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, it's going to be the first two episodes premiering on Amazon Prime. Okay. After that, it's going to be weekly every Friday uh, at midnight. So, like, you know, between Thursday and Friday, Eastern Time, yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about if we're going to do some live coverage the first night. Uh Uh, We may be able to do that. The, the next few weeks, that's a little late for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing everything with you. Thanks for riding with us on this journey. And uh, we have our last episode of the pre-recorded material coming out this coming Monday, which is the 22nd of August. And then don't forget to write in for our feedback episode, which is coming out the following Monday. You're running out of time for that, so write in. Second age at baldmove.com. Uh, that should be down in the show notes below. Um, also join us on the Bald Move Discord. Link in the notes below. Subscribe, please. And it would be really great, too, is if um, if you have a moment to uh, at least give us a star rating and or give us uh, some written comments. That would really help us uh, get the word out about the podcast. Uh, I know it gets to be a tiresome thing to ask for people to like, rate, and review kind of stuff, but it does actually help. Um, And uh, otherwise, I think we've got one more bonus episode that we're going to release on our Lorehounds feed and the Dug Too Deep feed. And we're going to be talking about some YouTube fanfic videos that exist. And we'll be breaking down uh, some of those things. And I think also probably mixing in some more uh, new content that comes to light um, in between now and when the show drops. All right, John, thanks a lot. And we'll uh, see you next week. The Second Age Podcast is produced by the Lorehounds and published by Bald Move. You can send questions and feedback about this podcast to secondage at baldmove.com. For more Rings of Power content, subscribe to Dug Too Deep on your favorite podcast app. Ad-free versions of this and all other Bald Move podcasts can be yours by going to patreon.com slash baldmove. Check the show notes for reading recommendations and more info. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.